0: Live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio. Show. Talk show.
1: All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt, it starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for January 25th in the year of our Lord 2000. 24 this is our one of two and the goal always to protect life liberty and property to promote god family and country To do so on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers yes indeed we use the blueprint for liberty the supreme law of the land the constitution of the united states of america as our guide we stand for peaceful i guess revolution if it's a jesus revolution If not, we reject revolution and stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. It is all about the checks and balances. It is all about the due process of law. It is all about you and I being involved in the proper role of limited constitutional government, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. There is no other talk show on the planet like it. Uh, And quickly, before we bring on our guest, I want to bring up uh, yesterday a little bit. Um, Leaked audio confirms... That I guess a um, rhino GOP chair, his name is Jeff DeWitt. I guess this guy tried to bribe Kerry Lake. Uh, Dailymail.com brought forth the audio and all the details on this story. Uh, and bottom line is Arizona GOP chair resigns in wake of Kerry Lake bribery allegations. DeWitt said at first that he was going to fight to stay in his job, but then some aides to Carrie Lake said, no, you're not, because if you do, we'll release even more damning audio against you. He changed his mind and resigned. Now, to me, the interesting thing about that discussion is what's the other audio that's even more damaging, Um, you know? What, what, what more is there? And I, you know, hopefully we'll get to the bottom of that too, because there needs to be, in my opinion, complete accountability here, folks, right? We really need to get to the bottom of that discussion about what really is going on. Anyway, we'll keep an eye on that ball. But the fact is, Kerry Lake uh, and others, uh, you know, the audio got released or leaked or whatever you want to call it. This guy, it's so bad for him. He resigned already. Now, let me just ask you a question. All of our enemies say there are no election integrity problems. You know what? It's the safest, most stable, greatest elections we've ever had. This is great. Anybody who says anything about fraud or, or election integrity, they're just a nutcase, whacked out conspiracy whack job. And my question to you is this. If there are no conspiracies, if there are no election integrity issues, how can a GOP top official... Literally bribe a candidate to get out of a race. Big money if you get out. She rejects it, turns it down, catches him at it, releases the audio. That points to conspiracy and election integrity problems, ladies and gentlemen. Clear as a bell. So to you naysayers who claim that we just come up with this stuff, where do we get this stuff? You're crazy. You're a loony bin. Um, you probably don't think we went to the moon or whatever goofy things they say. This is as hard evidence as you get. Leaked audio proving he said this. He says, oh, no, no, no. In the context, I was trying to get her to back out of the race and possibly run for governor in 2028. It doesn't matter what explanation he comes up with. Suggesting there's big money for you if you change what you plan to do election-wise points to the election integrity problems that we've been highlighting for literally the last several years. uh, And that we've highlighted literally historically has been a problem in America for a long time. Our answer return to paper ballots. Our answer, same-day voting. Our answer is have those who count the votes and watch the counts certify under the penalty of perjury that the count's right by the precinct level before it ever then moves on to be concatenated with other results. Those are the simplest solutions. They can work. Other countries do it um, way better than computers. Anyway, I digress. I want to get to our guest. I just really wanted to cover that because we went into it a lot yesterday. And since then, yesterday, he had not resigned. The audio was leaked. But then today uh, we get or last night we get that he already resigned. And so this is serious indeed. And what I find most importantly about this is, hey, he said, I'm not going to resign. I'm going to fight and keep my job. And then they said, no, you're not. We got even more audio on you, buddy. And he went, oh, my gosh, we better get to the bottom of that and create accountability. All right. Speaking of accountability, ladies and gentlemen, there is a group in America that, in my opinion, is one of the greatest accountability creating organizations on the planet. Okay, we're talking about the National Taxpayers Union. NTU is the voice of America's taxpayers, mobilizing elected officials and citizens on behalf of tax relief and reform. Amen to that. NTU.org is where you learn more. The president of the organization, Pete Sepp, is with us now. Welcome to the broadcast, sir.
2: Great to be here, as always, Sam.
1: Sadly, the scandals are so many, it's hard to focus on what's real and what's true and the good things that are happening in America. But that's what I believe the NTU is at the core of. You guys don't have fanfare. You don't pick sides. It's not about party. It's not about political politics. It's not about winning or losing. It's really about standing in the gap for tax relief and tax reform, saying, look, there is a proper role of government. We want to focus on that. And here's how we get there. We tie government down. We limit their funding, but provide appropriate funding for their proper role. This is a unique balance that knows no enemies. Pete Sapp.
2: Yeah, that's for sure. And the problems here, I think, and we've discussed this before, Sam, are that we don't see the kind of focus on the part of presidential and to a certain degree congressional candidates on the important issues around the kitchen table that matter to folks who are struggling to get by how are we going to tame inflation without slowing the economy down so much that jobs start to disappear and incomes begin to actually drop uh, not just get eroded by the cost of living uh, problems that we've had with such high inflation rates We also have tax policies in the mix, and fortunately, there appears to be some good news on the horizon. Congress has arrived at a temporary but still reasonably helpful package of tax relief that will carry us to 2025 and help out people who are struggling right now.
1: What about this idea that they keep kicking the can down the road when it comes to the debt, the deficit, the, the you know, the budget, the this and that, and you know now people are frustrated with with Mike Johnson saying, you know what, he he just kicked it down the road, no different than Kevin McCarthy, and people are frustrated. I see why they are, but I also wonder behind the scenes if there's more reform and more uh, focus on the solutions that we may that may first appear. Is that is yeah. that a fair thought?
2: yes i think so last year for example we had the fiscal responsibility act we talked about that on your show when that passed Uh, very many fiscal conservatives were saying well this wasn't enough and i agreed with that this the package ended up creating about one and a half trillion dollars worth of deficit reduction over 10 years to anybody listening One and a half trillion dollars is a huge figure. Unfortunately, the federal government spends about uh, four times that much in a given year. And so we have to do much, much more to finally tame federal deficits and the deficits that add to our total national debt. But the thing is, it's going in the right direction. Last year was the first year that Congress actually focused on bringing down long-term deficits and the national debt since i would say 2011. so for the better part of a decade and a half congress was moving in the wrong direction overspending adding to the deficit at least with this package They've started to apply the brakes, the the train, the car, whatever you want to think about that has brakes on it, has not come to a stop. It's not reversing, but at least it is starting to slow down.
1: You know, it seems to me that there are simple changes that can be made that I think everybody can get aboard. And, I, and I've watched this literally for 30 years. And there's a lot of complications in it. And there's a lot of, you know, when you, when you pick something, you oftentimes reward winners and, and, and force losers and this kind of stuff. I think there's a few plans that really don't have any losers in it unless you talk about maybe foreign entities or something. But I think if you were to focus on Rand Paul's kind of penny plan idea, whether it's a penny plan or a six penny plan or whatever else, the idea is, look, we can reduce a small amount get away with it you'll hardly know the difference you can pick you know foreign aid or other things that don't impact americans that bad to really get it started and do it i think that has no enemies really if we're honest with ourselves another example would be taking foreign money that's locked overseas and can't be brought back to the united states without a big massive fee or tax or whatever else you could jettison that You could do that. You could reduce foreign aid. You could do three or four simple things that would have just billions of dollars of impact. And nobody really at home domestically gets hurt at all, Pete. Am I right about this?
2: Yeah, that's right. And when we start to make spending reduction, even small amounts of spending reduction, a habit, that habit grows. And over time, just like a retirement plan, you wind up with a lot of money at the end of that rainbow.
1: Go ahead and skip the break. Pete Sepp is too important of a guest talking about this. This is critical. Uh, I, I think that these are small changes, though, really. I mean, if you cut the budget by one, two, three, four pennies, I don't think it would be too noticeable if you took a lot of the waste and you took a lot of the foreign aid or a lot of the war you know, mentality stuff that we don't need to be involved in, per se. Um, and you were to do that, then you were to basically bring a lot of money home. You were to go ahead and, you know, cut taxes a little bit for the American people. I think two or three or four things, the synergism of those actions would be incredible. Pete, do you have any figures on, on what that might look like or what, how that could kind of come about? I think congressmen and senators don't really put the whole pie together. A little bit of changes on the, on the reduction side goes a ton down there. It's like a hinge of a door. You know, the hinge is very small on one side. The door opening is huge on the other side. Is yeah. this right? I mean, that, that's what I'm thinking, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's take a look, for example, at this $1.59 trillion spending agreement that House Speaker Johnson and Senate Majority Leader Schumer came uh, to an agreement over. It's not passed Congress. There's squealing about it on the left that terrible uh, cuts are occurring. Uh, No cuts are really occurring at all there. It's just slowing the rate of increase, in some cases freezing spending. But uh, conservatives say we need to do more. I'd agree. Again, though, this is progress because we're starting to apply the brakes. Think about this. Uh, The the $1.59 trillion agreement uh, is broken down between defense and non-defense spending. So say that we have um, $886 billion worth of defense spending in here. I I know these are a lot of numbers, but what if we applied uh, Rand Paul's penny plan here and just said, let's take a penny on every dollar out of that. You're looking at less than $9 billion. Now, I can tell you, uh, the Pentagon hasn't passed an audit of its own finances ever and may not get around to doing so for two or three more years. $9 billion is couch cushion money over at the Pentagon. You could easily find that amount of money, have zero impact on the troops and the sailors and the air crews around the world. And once again the pentagon would get in the habit of looking for savings rather than simply ignoring them and when you do that year after year you go from one penny on the dollar this year let's do two pennies on the dollar next year three pennies the year after that and suddenly it's adding up eight hundred eighty six billion dollars in defense spending is not a stretch it is not a cut It is not some horrible sacrifice. It's simply slowing down the rate of increase. Why don't we do a little better than that and say, hey, we're going to live with $876 billion instead, and then $856 billion two years from now. Uh, I, I can tell you, there are plenty of ways to prioritize spending.
1: Now let's ask this what about bringing uh, you know down our foreign aid expenditure whether it be on uh, you know backing certain wars or certain sides of things or uh, you know foreign aid you could reduce quite a bit and it wouldn't really affect the american people that much really it really wouldn't uh yeah. that along with then saying, let's bring back American dollars. Americans are forced, big corporate American or transnational corporations are forced to keep their money in other countries. Why would we ever go along with a policy like that in the first place? I don't understand how we could even go down that road. Who would ever say, let's prevent money from coming back to the people who created it and who, I don't know, made it or whatever you want to say, these companies, why would you restrict them against America? I don't even understand the logic in it.
2: Yeah, it's really just a failure of public policy That's just over time, the tax rates building up so high and various credits and deductions getting paid for by clawing back other credits and deductions, policies in the tax code that effectively say to businesses, well, You can be as successful as you want until we say you're too successful, and then we're going to take a lot more of your money that you never expected, and don't you try to have overseas operations because your life's going to get a lot more complicated in reporting your income. They were largely punitive measures, and people respond to punitive measures by doing one of several things. They either strike back, uh, or they simply leave the situation and that's what's really happening with a lot of american businesses they over the years said well we don't need this we can set up our headquarters someplace else or a subsidiary where our investment our money is welcome well the 2017 tax law that was enacted with our support signed into law by president trump at the time started to reverse that situation and said look Uh, let's repatriate all of that money that's parked overseas, all the money we chased away from our shores by bad tax policy. And it worked. Hundreds of billions of dollars came back to the United States and investment in our companies, our factories, our people began to climb. In fact, this whole phenomenon of inversions, meaning corporations that decided to flip their headquarters, and go someplace else uh, other than the United States. They were on the rise during President Obama's years because of high tax rates and other policies. That began reversing after the 2017 tax cut law, and there have been no inversions in the past several years because businesses realize they're getting a fairer shake here, and they can continue hiring and expanding right in the United States.
1: How much does it cost to repatriate that money now? What's the penalty? It's like massive, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it still is. Uh, The the 2017 law helped it by saying you get a preferential tax rate if you bring that money back here. They'll tax it at, say, 15% or 20% uh, uh, instead of a a super high 30% rate, which was uh, above 30% actually prior to 2017. And so by doing that, by by offering the lower rate, you're not really losing revenue because you could never get it back here in the first place. It would stay overseas forever. So really everybody wins with this low repatriation tax rate. The treasury wins. They get money that they would never otherwise see. The American people win when businesses relocate and come back here and invest here. And the deficit, wins in the sense that it starts to go down because these revenues are coming back to offset some of the spending that we've been doing.
1: All right. I think I bring up that foreign aid. I bring up that tax repatriation. I bring up the Rand Paul penny plan because I believe they're all serious, serious solutions. Is Congress really looking at these items in serious? Are we just too busy with elections and can't focus on anything? Uh, What does it kind of look like behind the scenes? I know you're on Capitol Hill and you kind of work with everybody going, hey, let's do that." What really issues are on the table and what are they really working on? Do we expect to see any relief soon?
2: Well, I think we will see some near-term tax relief. Uh, There is a package that is moving through the House of Representatives right now, the House Ways and Means Committee. Uh, approved it and sent it to uh, the floor. When will floor action occur? I'm not exactly sure, but what it does is increase the child tax credit um, in a bipartisan fashion up to $2,000 by the year 2025, indexes it for inflation. In other words, uh, inflation will no longer erode the value of that important tax credit for people with families. It also allows for businesses to immediately write off their investments rather than depreciate them for tax purposes. It sounds complicated, but basically it boils down to this. Yeah, but it's simple. You
1: can take your gain all at once. Why not your loss?
2: That's right. That is exactly right. And if you want to build a new factory and you want to put new machinery in there, well, you can write it off in the first year rather than over 10 or 20 or 30, depending on the type of thing that you end up purchasing for your business. That is a real time saver, a lot of paperwork headaches saved in addition to encouraging that kind of investment. Uh, There's also um, extending a break for research and development, making sure that that kind of activity stays here in the United States rather than China or someplace else. Um, Interest costs, too, for businesses would also uh, have some relief provided. You know, those three key business provisions, along with the child tax credit in a package that will last for this year into 2025, I think that's a good idea. We, we need to provide that relief so that our economy has something to fall back on if we start to experience problems with inflation again or the opposite with unemployment and uh, potential uh, slower growth uh, we don't exactly know what's ahead for us in 2024 and 2025. this is a good insurance policy to make sure that taxes aren't a major headwind for businesses and families who are trying to get ahead
1: i'm looking at foreign aid and in 2021 ladies and gentlemen the u.s spent well over 50 uh, what is it? Billion dollars? Yes. Uh, on foreign aid, and now they say it's up to like seventy billion or whatever. Um, you could really change the game with those kind of numbers, right?
2: Yes, and when you add some of the foreign military assistance in there, I mean, we may not be able to eliminate it entirely, but when you're talking about billions of dollars in savings. Um, You've made a start. When you're talking about tens of billions, now you're walking. When you talk about hundreds of billions, you're running. And that's what we need to do. Start to crawl, start to walk, and then you end up running. That's the thing we need to do when we're trying to get toward the goal of first, no more additions to the national debt, and then actual reductions to the national debt.
1: How big of a role do the states play? I know on you know on one hand we kind of want to just ask Congress to solve this problem or whatever else or the president or you know whatever, but I believe states a lot of most states are on the dole and stuff. And if states were to rein in their budgets and not depend on the federal government as much and become autonomous, not only would they preserve their sovereignty and their autonomy, but they would also then help the same problem. And it's not just a federal government problem. I think the federal government has a lot of responsibility, but there's more players at this table, sir.
2: Yeah, there absolutely are more players. And when you think of the pandemic aid that was let loose in the CARES Act and uh, then the American Rescue Plan Act, those were massive, massive numbers. And now a lot of states like California are saying, well, because uh, we haven't uh, had a stellar recovery and the pandemic aid from the federal government is going away, we face multi billion dollar budget deficits. Well, we could have told you that almost anybody. Another, <laughs> you don't have to be a budget expert to understand that when money comes raining down on you, from where you really don't have any control over, and uh, it's, it is portrayed as temporary, uh, and you just ignore that and say, well, we'll take it and we'll worry about uh, next year. Um, uh, next year." And so uh, when budget planning breaks down like that, um, this is the end result. States get in the hole. Now they're coming back to Washington saying we need more aid we got to break that cycle and make sure that this boom and bust of federal aid uh, no longer occurs because, look, you can load up the debt on some uh, class of future taxpayers. Uh, it, It doesn't mean that that's a way to budget over the long term. We can't afford it. We don't have the capacity to borrow like this.
1: There are solutions on the table, ladies and gentlemen, and your partner for solutions all the way from the general level, even on the world stage, if you will, uh, all the way down to your local municipalities, city, county, state. The National Taxpayers Union is your partner for think tank solutions, uh, funding, finances, a whole lot more. Get involved. They'll show you the pattern to reform. NTU.org. Thanks, Pete Seth. God bless you.
0: Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio.
3: USA News. I'm Tim Berg. The weather continues to be a story that affects millions of Americans. Around 55 million people are under winter weather advisories from the plains to New England. People in the south dealing with heavy rain and wind and possible flooding Meantime, folks from western Kansas all the way to Ohio dealing with dense fog advisories as visibility remains under a quarter of a mile in some areas. The Senate is inching closer to voting on a bill intended to address national security, including funding for the southern border and more. Texas Republican Senator Ted Cruz is no fan of the bill. This comes as Congress is still working to pass a 2024 budget appropriations bill.
1: They entered this negotiation saying we will, as bad as we think the bill is, I promise you it's worse. The people pushing this deal knew,
4: no, if the American people knew what was in it, they would be against it. This supplemental bill is a kamikaze plane in a box canyon with no exit
3: headed for a train wreck. President Biden spent part of his Wednesday campaigning at the United Auto Workers Conference in Washington, D.C., where he received an endorsement from the UAW president.
4: I'm tired about jobs going overseas.
1: Having products shipped to... look, during the Trump administration, a lot of administration before that. What'd they do? So many so many people around America lost their sense of pride.
3: The United States is continuing to carry out airstrikes in Iraq this week in retaliation for an attack that injured four Americans. The strikes were carried out against facilities in western Iraq and have been linked to Iranian-backed militias. Central Command says the strikes hit three locations near the Syrian border that included headquarters and training locations for the Iranian-backed groups. This is USA News.
1: All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman on your radio. Hard-hitting news the network's reviews to use, no doubt, Continue n- continues now. A uh, quick recap of yesterday's show. It was Sam Bushman and George Ballantine. George Ballantine is the co-host of TheBigMig.com, The Big MIG Broadcast, radio and TV. If the tip of the spear, if liberty means anything to you at all, it means that we have the right to tell you things you may not want to hear. Yeah. Anyway, great job by George Ballantine. We covered a lot of ground on the show yesterday. Um, We talked about R.I.P., former news anchor Charles Osgood with the Osgood Files, passed away at 91. I guess he had uh, dementia and all that kind of stuff. What a sad tale, but the guy was a hero in my opinion. Great broadcaster, one of the old school guys that literally believed in who, what, when, where, why um, of stories. Did a great job. The Osgood Files, just so everybody knows, is a a lot like... Uh, uh, Paul Harvey, I mean, it was different, but it was, that's the vein that it was, he was a news guy, a great news guy. Uh, and it's very fascinating how he got into radio and it just kind of took over and uh, man, the guy was just a hero. Anyway, um, Los Angeles times melting down. They're laying off about 150 journalists, uh, cutting their newsroom by about 20% says the New York times sports illustrated, no better off sports illustrated just laid off Most of its staff, they say the future of the whole organization is unclear. Might they do the big BK? And I'm not talking about going to the BK lounge eating fast food. I'm talking about the big old bankruptcy, right? Anyway, we talked about Donald Trump's win in the NH primary. Uh, You got Nikki Haley who thinks it's a two-man race, except she's a woman, which is very strange. Secondly, she thinks it's a two-man race, and she took third in Iowa. She took second in New Hampshire because everybody else dropped out. It was a distant second, 11 points down. She doesn't stand to prayer in her own home state. So there you have it. Now, I find this fascinating. There's a Democrat. uh, Representative Dean Phillips praises Make America Great Again MAGA supporters and Trump rallies. He says he went to one of them. It was incredibly uh, delightful. Uh, People were respectful. He had a great time. He didn't expect that at all, but he was surprised. And so I'm just saying, is Dean now a truth teller? This Democrat guy, he was running on the Democratic ticket against Joe. Uh, of course, the primaries melted all down. Joe's name wasn't even on the ballot. They played games with the primaries. They kicked out RFKJR. I mean, just election fraud everywhere. Um, so there you have it. And we talked about this Democrat secretary uh, with Carrie Lake who tried to bribe her more election fraud. She basically blew the whistle on it. The audio got released. Had to go overseas to the Daily Mail to get the story out, sad but true. Uh, and then, you know, after all that, this guy resigns, and he says, well, he first says, I'm going to keep my job. And then they said, no, you're not. We got way worse audio on you, buddy. We, we released enough to, to change the game now, but I'm telling you, it'll get worse if you don't resign now. And he went, oh, and resigned. I want to know what that greater audio piece is because we really need to prosecute this criminal. Okay, this thug chair in Arizona committing election fraud, bribing. Candidates to stay out of races and everything else. Well, where's the accountability, ladies and gentlemen? I'm doubling down and saying we have got to stop this. Anyway, we also talked about the U.S. Supreme Court on a five to four decision allows federal agents to cut razor wire on Texas border. The border crisis is intentional, ladies and gentlemen. American Liberty News with this piece, but we're having in uh, literally um, an illegal invasion the scotus is literally green lighting an illegal alien invasion Uh, how do you respond to this kind of stuff the u.s supreme court sided with the Biden biden regime to allow these border agents to remove this razor wire and i look at this and i just go how do we allow this to occur really folks how do we allow this to happen I mean, the federal government is supposed to protect the border. Well, it looks like Texas is starting to become very bold in this. And um, the border crisis is intentional. And that's where I think we've really got kind of the goods on Joe Biden and some of these people. Look, it's intentional. It's not like they're just trying to appropriately allow, you know, immigrants to come to America or let people seek for asylum or whatever else. They're literally aiding and abetting a surge across the border— And this surge across the border is literally an invasion. There's no other way to say it. The border crisis is intentional. The SCOTUS is greenlighting an illegal alien invasion. That's the bottom line on this thing. And there's no way to avoid that. And so I hope Texas and many other red state and red state governors and everybody else are going to call a halt to this con game. We have got to hold the moral high ground and create accountability like nobody's business. We have got. To do this. All right, we also talked about I support Michael Perutka for AG in the next Donald Trump administration. Michael Perutka ran for the Attorney General of Maryland, did not win, but had a great, great showing. And if Donald Trump wants to really win the game this time, he needs to surround himself with the right kind of people. I know I've said this over and over, and people are like, Sam, you've said that. I know, but I got to keep saying it because while Donald Trump is trying to figure out who's going to be around him from the VP pick on. Around the administration, um, we've got to push for the right people here. If you had Michael Pruka as the attorney general, he will pull no punches. He will absolutely double down in defense of our supreme law. Let's give him a chance to get that done. Donald, are you listening, buddy? You got your ears on, as they used to say in the old TV talk or CB talk, radio stuff? You got your ears on, buddy? Hope you're listening up because this is critical. All right, Democratic. It says this, Democrats. Jan 6th committee now accused of deleting over 100 files before the GOP took control of the House. This, again, is critical news, folks. Uh, Barry Loudermilk, I guess is his name, Georgia Republican leading, says this is a problem. His computer forensic investigators discovered over 117 files that were flat out deleted. And so you got to ask, what are they trying to hide there? We also have the, as January 6th, pipe bomb probe breaks wide open. Hey, Steve Baker and others over at The Blaze are asking, what does the government have to hide? There's more information coming out on this all the time. John Pierce defending folks. All kinds of people. What does Joe Biden have on Supreme Court Justice Amy Barrett that she would literally go along with this idea that we're going to let the border leak like a sieve what's happening and to those of you who say there's no election integrity fraud professor and election expert Jay Halderman hacks into a Dominion voting machine literally in court on Friday in Georgia in front of the judge I guess a Totenberg Totenberg is the name of the judge using only a pen to change vote totals if you want evidence that the machines are corrupt and not legitimate there you have it okay look we're not talking about just opinion here we're talking about in court before the judge he hacked the machines proving it's doable. So this idea that Mike Lindell is out in the weeds because he says the machines are bogus and oh he's just a clown. Ignore him. That's crazy. There's no evidence, say the mainstream press, about any of this stuff. You lie, lie, lie. There's plenty of evidence hacking the machine in court before the judge. How much more proof do you need? He literally went into the thing. He wrote a report about this years ago, said it was absolutely possible to hack the machines. He literally rolls into court and hacks it right in front of everybody. And you say we make these claims without evidence? How dare you? In fact, we need to rein in the mainstream press and call account these people, criminals, lying, fake news, dishonesty, immorality, uh, betraying those who are sound and true and honorable. All right? Now you got F- Fulton County, looks like Fannie Willis, in this big old scandal with her lover because she rewarded all kinds of special privilege to her lover, and they took all the money and ran around and just betrayed. And uh, Look, she's a home wrecker. Uh, he's He betrays his covenant with his former wife. I don't even know how to discuss it more than that. Anyway, we also talked about some good news, though. Jerry Sheridan, uh, Sheridan for Maricopa County, Arizona, Sheriff. Sheridan for Sheriff2024.com. Uh, Mr. Sheridan says, bring back the sheriff's posse. Amen to that. We also talked about Nikki Haley, the daughter of two non citizens, is patently ineligible to serve as the United States president because he's not constitutionally qualified to serve. That's under Article, uh, let's see, what is it? Uh, under Article 2, Section 1 of the U.S. Constitution. Paul Ingrasia writes this with a Gateway pundit, by the way. Online voting is a security concern Admits National Public Radio What more do you want than them to say The online voting is of concern NPR, one of the most liberal organizations You can find funded straight out By your tax dollars Unconstitutional as all get out by the way But they're even saying Hey, why are Americans voting this way It's absolutely a concern Yeah (laughs) I don't even know how to respond to this Uh, Mr. Parks being interviewed on NPR also says, hey, the 2020 elections, more than 300,000 people voted online in a very unsecure way. Election integrity issues taking center stage as 2024 is upon us. Hang tight. The spirit of the American
0: West is live and well in Range Magazine. The award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today and gift ideas like the 2021 real buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com.
1: magnitude and impact of the illegal alien invasion is out of control folks and we're seeing it real time right now more and more americans are waking up and turning against joe because they're realizing that this is a scam okay this is just a shame people are realizing it big time um i don't even know how to respond to this Um, They say the Epstein files are released, but the cover-up continues. Matt Walsh, she's talking about the Jeffrey Epstein files. How come Jeff committed suicide, supposedly, but his brother doesn't believe he did? The evidence shows that there's problems with that, but there's no real investigation. How about the Seth Riss investigation? That's the Democrat operative that literally, they say that he got robbed and somehow he got killed, and now the government won't turn over the laptop and all the records and everything else. What about all these scandals going on? But we're literally doubling down against Donald Trump. All right. I just don't understand it. We've really got to get to the bottom of the truth on January 6th. We've got to get to the bottom of the truth on Seth Rich. We've got to get to the bottom of the truth on all these different things. We've got to do more, don't we? Why is Ray Epps only getting six months jail time? And, and really, he ends up with no jail time. Uh, they say Clinton likes them young, witnesses are saying. How come we're not digging into Bill Clinton? All right, how do we deal with this? Why is Ghislaine Maxwell a woman? I thought the Me Too movement had some, well, what about her? How come she's the only one literally being prosecuted for this? What do we do with this? It's a serious problem. Indeed, folks. Um, we've had Brian Rust and Kelly Finnegan on with us. They weren't with us yesterday because they were tied up with some stuff here. Anyway, um, uh, let's see here. What do I want to focus on? Oh, I've, I've got this to highlight here. We have a guest coming up next hour, by the way. Interesting guest. Uh, he's with the Libertarian Party running for president. Turns out the UAW, the United Auto Workers uh endorsed joe biden for president and it makes sense they would right it makes sense that they would do that because they love joe they love unions i believe unions are, are a problem now don't get me wrong i'm for free association unions if you want to join a union if they're representing your interest and you feel good about that by all means feel feel free to do so i'm all fine with the, the joining and leaving of unions at will I am not for forced unions that force you to be part of a union in order to work, force you to be part of a union. If they're going to strike, well, you better not cross the strike line. I reject unions betraying your independence. That's really kind of the issue. But it's no surprise the UAW doubles down and endorses Joe. What I find interesting is Donald Trump's worked with the unions plenty in New York as a builder, as a um, you know, developer and etc. And so I, I kind of look at that and go, mm, that's interesting. But see, Joe's in the pockets of the unions. And that's another scandal that needs to be really dug into and brought up. Hey, how much money are the unions given to these different packs and to these different dark money entities and such like that? How much are the unions giving payback for special privilege and stuff like that? Right. The revolving door is shocking. The United or whatever it's called, the Labor Board or whatever it's called and stuff like that, UNLB or whatever. Um, What does that do? Where does that go in terms of money and everything else? We've got to start to uncover these scandals. The corruption is just getting too deep to ignore, ladies and gentlemen. All right, this is an interesting headline. As I told you that companies are melting down left and right, laying people off and everything else. eBay, no different. Well, I thought high tech was going to save us, right? eBay headline says, staff told to work at home today. They say for space and privacy reasons. Then they go on and say 9% of its workforce will be laid off. CEO Jamie Ianon said on Tuesday, what do you think of that? A company like eBay laying off that many people telling folks to work from home for space and privacy reasons? Anyway, Kate Siemens with that article. And I just find the whole thing interesting. Why would eBay be getting hit so hard? Because the economy isn't great like they tell you. The Bidenomics has absolutely failed this country. Bidenomics has been nothing but an absolute disaster. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a disaster is what it's really been, right? And Americans are seeing that. They're seeing inflation go up, taxes go up. All the tax provisions that Donald and team put in place back several years ago now are all expiring and people are freaking out and people don't have money, right? Anyway, there you have it. All right, there's another interesting tidbit that I want to bring to your attention. It's, a, um, it's an interesting story because the mainstream press hasn't covered it, really. And I doubt they will, because that's not what they do, right? But here's the story that I think is worth highlighting. There's a bill in Congress. It's called the Free Speech Protection Act. The Free Speech Protection Act. Introduced by Kentucky Senator Rand Paul and Ohio Rep Jim Jordan. Two, in my opinion, of the best people in Congress, right? The Free Speech Protection Act is what it's called. And this bill would make it a crime for any federal employee or the employee of a, quote, federal contractor to use his position to communicate with a social media company to interfere with any American's exercise of their First Amendment rights of free speech. Violators would face $10,000 fines per incident, possible termination, and a lifetime ban from working with the federal government in any way. This is huge. And so now people are asking the question, is it possible to separate tech and state? And the idea is just to go, mm, what the heck? But I think that Rand Paul and Jim Jordan are on target here. Why haven't you heard about this in the mainstream press? They literally put together this uh, Free Speech Protection Act. It's a bill in Congress. It's it's in the House and in the Senate. So you got Jim Jordan in the House and Rand Paul in the Senate both pushing this. The Free Speech Protection Act, FPTA, I guess, right? Free Speech Or FSPA, Free Speech Protection Act, right? And the question is, is it possible to separate tech and state? In other words, is it possible to stop the deep state from literally manipulating what you see, hear, what you can say, what you can promote, what you can reject? All because they think that they have to somehow control the narrative. They got to make sure there's no fake news. The problem is the government in bed with these social media platforms. They're the ones that have primarily peddled all the fake news that's driving the scandals that we see today. I mean, everything they lied about election integrity, to all these issues, the the COVID, that goes on at the border, it goes on. Oh, there's no there's no crisis at the border. Then later, all these Democrat governors are going, there's too many illegal aliens coming into my county, I can't, or my city, I can't handle it. Well, I thought you were supposed to be a sanctuary city. Yeah, but the, the bad guys in Texas are sending too many people. Yeah, well, the bad guys in Texas aren't the bad guys. They're being overrun too, and they're just saying, okay, if you're not going to help us stop this and deny that it exists, we're going to, quote, share the wealth or share the pain on this thing. And now all these Democrats are seeing the, the light because they feel the pain, and they're going, oh, my gosh, now what do we do? And so now it's boiling into a they lied to us and said there was no crisis at the border. There is a crisis at the border. The, the suggestion that there's no crisis at the border is the big lie. And we see more and more and more and more lying and dishonesty at the helm, more and more and more corruption in our society. And there's only one way to bring it back, folks. I know I sound like a broken record on this, but you've got to bring back morality and religion. And if you do that, you're going to bring back, you know what? You're going to bring back a, a civility. You're going to bring back a morality. You're going to bring back a view towards integrity and honesty. And accountability. Okay, these things are not just idle words or idle talk. They matter. And I'm here to advocate for them every day on your radio. Literally six days a week, I tell the tale of liberty. Focus on the solutions, provide answers. Okay, you wanna do tax reform? Great, let's reduce foreign aid. You wanna do tax reform? Great, let's repatriate foreign money. You wanna do tax? Uh, breaks and, and, and good let's use Rand paul's it started out to be a penny pan plan but the latest one i've seen is the six penny plan because he's saying because we've spent ourselves into such oblivion we've got to s- attack it a little more forcefully and as time goes on pretty soon it'll be the eight penny plan the ten penny plan because as it gets worse we need more drastic measures to pull us out of the quagmire the hole on this thing so folks from budgets to elections that we the people have got to become engaged in the solutions we have got to insist on the moral high ground the rule of law we have got to have borders we have got to have honest money we have got to reduce spending we have got to create accountability and prosecution to the fullest extent of the law for those who have been violating these principles for literally decades i am sam bushman hour one of the Ken. hour two coming up i got a great guest his name is chase oliver We'll talk to him about his presidential bid. uh, And we'll do it all in seconds. And then I got a whole lot more news the Netflix refused to use straight ahead. Thanks so much for being alongside for the ride. Donate liberally, would you please? LovingLiberty.net. Spread the word. Share the love. Tell the tale. Get everybody involved because that's where our greater numbers can create an incredible solutions-oriented outcome. We would love your support in every way possible. Ladies and gentlemen, we declare this nation shall endure. God save the republic of the United States of America.